you know, I, I continue to believe in myself. You know, that's the bottom line. You know, this is, it's, it's more massive, I think, for um, just, you know, my sense of accomplishment for myself. I've worked extremely hard, not only on my game, on my body, um, to put myself in these types of positions. Um, and I, eventually I knew it was going to happen. You know, it's, it's hard losing, you know, and it's hard losing in front of the world. I've done it, you know, already a couple times this year in playoffs. You know, it's happened to me. So um, that made me more hungry. That's what it does. You know, if it doesn't discourage you, it makes you more hungry. You guys keep telling me, when are you going to win again? It makes me more hungry. So um, it's all equaled up to now. You know, this has been the time for me to win again. And, and you know, I, I hope I don't have to wait another five years for the next one. <laughs> Tony Finau winning the Northern Trust, the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs of 2021. He did it in a playoff over Cameron Smith, but he also did it with shooting a final round score of 65. To Smith's credit, he had a final round score of 67 to earn his way into that playoff. It came uh, at the hands of John Rahm, who bogeyed two of his last four holes to finish two shots out of the playoff. Now, we did have some breaking news in that Patrick Reed has been diagnosed and hospitalized with double pneumonia. This is from GolfChannel.com. The story was broken by Todd Lewis. Rex Hoggard writes in a headline, still dealing with ankle issue, Patrick Reed now hospitalized with double pneumonia. This was posted at 3.24 p.m. Eastern time yesterday. And I'm going to try to do the best I can with some of these these medical terms. But uh, Rex writes, after withdrawing from the Northern Trust with an ailing left ankle, Patrick Reed is now in a Houston-area hospital recovering from bilateral interstitial pneumonia. Dom, do you know if I got that word right, interstitial pneumonia? Does that sound right? I, have, I honestly have no idea. I'm not sure. Okay, so he writes, he carries on. He says, according to Golf Channel's Todd Lewis, Reed returned home to Houston on Wednesday, and while his ankle was being examined by a doctor— Reed was diagnosed with the bilateral interstitial pneumonia, also called double pneumonia, which is an infection in both lungs that can cause inflammation and scarring. He was admitted to Houston Methodist Hospital early Friday morning. Reed said in a statement, quoting, I'm on the road to recovery. Once I'm cleared from the doctors, I look forward to returning. I wish you all the best, and I can't wait to get back out there, end quote. Reed added in his statement that his ankle which also forced him to withdraw from last week's Wyndham Championship, is okay. But he will not be able to play this week's BMW Championship. Uh, Reed's wife, Justine, told Lewis, quoting, it got bad very quickly, end quote. Reed is 22nd in the FedEx Cup points list and is projected to fall to 26th when play is completed at the Northern Trust. It's possible he could fall outside of the top 30 after the BMW, which would mean he'd failed to qualify for the Tour Championship for the first time since 2014. His, his withdrawal from the BMW also means he will not qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, although he can still be one of Steve Stricker's six captain's picks, which will be named on September 8th. Uh, that's the end of that article. Uh, the whole time I was reading that article, whether it was about the ankle or whether it was about any lingering effects from double pneumonia, I was thinking about the Ryder Cup, I'll be honest with you, and I was thinking about uh, Patrick Reed's role in it, particularly if he doesn't automatically qualify, because you remember there are only six that will automatically qualify in the American side. They wanted to give Steve Stricker the latitude, the freedom to pick six players that are hot at the time of the Ryder Cup. And then it would beg the question, would you keep Patrick Reed from the Ryder Cup? To that point, 
uh, I will also I want to take a look at what Patrick Reed has done uh, in recent finishes and go over the same. But I, what I was getting at with that is, if that's the case, would you not uh, consider how he's feeling? What what's going on with with his ankle? What where does he stand right now, Dom, in, in the uh, in the overall standings? So obviously, Tony Finau's performance yesterday leapt him into a good position on the Ryder Cup. He jumped six positions. Yep. And everybody below, everyone above him had to drop down one. So right now, this is your Ryder Cup rankings. Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and now Tony Finau in the sixth position. Xander Shoffley dropped down. Okay. He's seventh. Jordan Spieth dropped down. He's eighth now. Harris English dropped one. He's ninth now. And Patrick Reed also dropped one. And he is 10th right now in the Ryder Cup standings. And as you mentioned with what he's dealing with, unfortunately, and not playing, it's probably likely he'll drop another position uh, at, you know, by the end of the week again or by early next week. So he might be in the 11th or 12th spot in the, in the Ryder Cup rankings come you know, Tour Championship week. So right, I don't know he, what that, you know. Exactly. What, what impact does that make? And it's particularly if, if there's a potential injury there. Obviously, that's something that player and, and coach can discuss. But taking a look, as promised, at his performances, how far back do you want me to go? I'll, I'll go to the Masters. Tied for eighth. Valspar Championship, miscut. Wells Fargo Championship, tied for sixth. PGA Championship, tied for 17th. Charles Schwab Challenge, miscut. Memorial Tournament. Fifth, U.S. Open, 19th. Travelers Championship, T25. Rocket Mortgage Classic tied for 32nd. 149th Open, miscut. 3M Open tied for 34th. Olympic Golf Competition tied for 22nd. FedEx St. Jude Invitational tied for 31st. So what do you draw from that? I mean, there's a lot of finishes there that are okay, but not great in, in the, uh, the 30s. However, if you look at them in terms of the four majors, again, uh, Masters tied for eighth at the U.S. Open, a tied for 19th uh, at the PGA Championship, a tied for 17th, and he missed the cut at the Open. Again, I don't know when the ankles started bothering him. I don't know whether that, not to make excuses for Patrick Reed or otherwise, I'm just saying I don't know what it started to hurt him. It could have been impacting him there the only thing i didn't mention to you that i should in terms of performance was probably the players uh tied for 22nd at the players so overall the performance in the biggest events of the year have been good he's the players is the only one of the big ones that i mentioned that he's outside of the top 20 save for the missed cut at the open at royal st george's so that's pretty solid Obviously, we know that he's got a pretty good record, yeah, at uh, at the Ryder Cup as well. So considerations there to be made. But, however, in the immediacy of the time and place, the news is that that he is recovering from double pneumonia, and we wish Patrick Reed the very best with that. We're going to hear from everybody today that was a part of yesterday's Monday wrap-up to the Northern Trust because of the storm Henri that ripped through the Northeast. And it was a good decision that the tour made not to try to play at all on Sunday. In retrospect, it almost seemed like the obvious decision, but it's hard to make that in advance because you're not 100% certain. Nonetheless, uh, they were able to wrap it up yesterday. The forecast was still ominous yesterday. They supposedly had nine inches of rain 
on that golf course, which speaks to uh, the incredible job that the grounds crew did, that the tour did in making the golf course uh, playable for yesterday. Obviously, they had to make adjustments uh, just the same, uh, lift clean in place as well. And they had some great scoring as a result of that in a soft golf course. And that great scoring saw changes atop the leaderboard enough that Tony Finau was able to break through. I'll give you the significance of what Tony accomplished. He defeated Cameron Smith, of course, in that playoff. He earned with it his second PGA Tour title. Sometimes with Tony Finau, there's so much talk about him not winning that people get obscured by the fact that he already has. I'll give you the date of when of when he won it. The win came in his 143rd start uh, on tour in his first victory since he won, here you go, the 2016 Puerto Rico Open. World number one, John Rahm, who had at least a share of the lead after each of the first three rounds, played those final four holes and two over, and he finishes solo third. Keith Mitchell birdied each of the final three holes to move into the top 70 of the FedEx Cup standings and qualify for the BMW Championship. He wasn't the only one uh, that got in, the so-called bubble boys, and and there was a lot of them in very impressive performances. I will go through that with you as well. Players moving into the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings and qualifying for the BMW Championship thus are as follows. Uh, Alex Noren, who finished sixth, he went from 91st to 43rd. He finished fourth, I beg your pardon, 1,500. He went from 91st to 43rd. Uh, Next was Eric Van Royen. Eric Van Royen finished seventh at 1,400. He went from 76th to 45th. From there, Tom Hoagie. Tom Hoagie finished in a tie for fourth at 15 under par. He went from, get this, 108th to 48th. From there, Harold Varner III finished tied for 11th at 12 under par. He went from 72nd to 56th. Next, uh, Keith Mitchell, as I mentioned, tied for 8th, 13 under par. He went from 101 to 63rd. Uh, Harry Higgs, he finished tied for 16th at 11 under. He went from 80th to 69th. Uh, players that moved out of the top 70, Matthew Wolf. Matt Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Martin Laird, Troy Merritt, and J.T. Poston. All of those players missed the cut as a result. The last Monday finish on tour was in 2019 at the Zozo Championship. For Tony Finau, he earned his second PGA Tour title in his 189th career start, the age of 31 years, 11 months, and 9 days. The win comes 1,975 days and as I mentioned, in his 143rd start since his first victory at the Puerto Rico Open in 2016. In the 142 starts between victories, Finau has recorded eight runner-up finishes in 39 top tens. He moves to number one on the FedEx Cup standings, and it, this is the first time obviously in his career that he has done that. He improved to two and three in playoffs. It, it, very impressive stuff, and I've got a ton to go through with you. But let's hear from the players themselves and, and go through the significance of what some of these players have accomplished. First of all, you heard me mention uh, Harry Higgs moving from 80th to 69th. Uh, he was asking about hovering around that FedEx Cup cutoff line and if there was any specific shot from the season that comes back to his mind that he wishes he could call back because remember when you are that close it does come down to a shot maybe it comes down to an individual putt he was asked how closely he was tracking FedEx Cup standings during the rounds and where he stood accordingly and he was asked about any new goals that he has looking forward to the week that lies ahead 
Heading into next week, I pretty much have one choice. Maybe I could finish second and make it to East Lake. Again, I'm no good with numbers. I don't know how it works. But I'm pretty sure if I win next week, I will be into Atlanta, which was obviously a goal. It's a goal of all of ours uh, and a goal of mine throughout the last two years. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. One, we all still you all kind of have a really good idea. But it, this, this is something that we don't have a whole lot of practice with, right? Like projections and all the, oh, if I'm T14 versus T17 with how many people, that's the kind of stuff you don't know. Usually you know when you're around the cut line and usually you know when you're in the lead or around the lead. I, I'm all for knowing. Um, you know, I, I did figure when I made the turn, I made the turn at even, I thought, I kind of thought four birdies on the back nine would be good enough. Three would have a very good chance. Um, I guess fortunately made three to just scrape by and get in. We'll see how the rest of the, the uh, afternoon goes, but excited about potentially or certainly having a chance to play next week. It's hard to have a specific one that pops into your head because of the nature of the game that we play. If you were and could recall the specific ones, I think we would all be driven insane. <laughs> like, I mean, it is like, if this is good enough, awesome, you know, move to next week. But I also could have put myself in a way better position where this week didn't even matter. Or, you know, the finish that I had this week gets me closer to the top 30. The woulda, coulda, shoulda is golf, right? I mean, that's just what, <laughs> that's just part of the madness that we have to deal with. Um, you know, today I got a few fortunate breaks as well that gave me this chance. I hold some nice putts that gave me this chance. So in this week, I took advantage of almost everything. But sure, even this week, there was stuff here and there that I could have done. But throughout the year, oh my gosh, yeah, you could certainly a shot here, a shot. I mean, I'm sure I missed 10 putts from three to four feet this year, right? I mean, those are those should be pretty easy. Yes, extra, you know, Outside factors make those hard at times, but if you just brush a few more of those in, you're fine. I also, I'm pretty sure it was nine. It might have been ten. I missed nine cuts by a shot this year. So there you go. Factor me in maybe four of those. I was playing halfway decent to make maybe all nine of them. That's a whole nother ball game, right? I mean, I pride myself on having the ability to make the cut on the number or, you know, if you're down at the bottom, I always move up on the weekend, uh, which I usually do. So give me a few chances at one more of those cuts, right? Um, yeah, you, you mean, you're going to drive me insane. Do you think that, that he's on the verge of being a true superstar? And I realize that in, in the game of golf, uh, unless you have the, the looks and the charisma of a you know, a Ricky Fowler, but in fairness to Ricky Fowler, he did have a good run when he was absolutely at the point of ascent. Then he's just maintained it because of who he is and the way that he connects with people. But you just get the sense with Harry Higgs that if he continues improving in terms of performance level, and then he has the ability to engage with people, the charisma that he has when he's on the golf course that the power of the persona and then the way that he, that he connects when the camera's on him too, that I think that we're possibly looking at an incredibly popular player and not that far down the road. We'll see how it plays out. Now, another player that anyone that spends any amount of time around him and Harold Varner III will tell you that he is a great guy. That's commonly the phrase that they use to describe Harold Varner III, moving, as I mentioned, from 72nd 
inside of the top 70 to 56. So he was asked what it's going to be like from the next few days. It's about a three or four hour ride from where they had the tournament at Liberty National back down to Baltimore for the BMW and what the quick turnaround is going to be like from the next few days, whether he had any goal or number in mind at the start of the day on Monday, whether the fact that he has managed to keep his season alive with a good week in advance a few times before makes it any easier to do it again. And then overall, his thoughts about advancing the BMW championship. Yeah, I feel like I keep doing this, so that's good. But I'd like to come here and be automatically there. But it is what it is. I feel like I'm playing well. I just got to drive it a little bit better. But, um, yeah, good week. You know, had to have it. Um, I'm glad the season's not over, but I obviously want to play well next week and give myself a chance to get into East Lake. Uh, that's funny you say that. Um, it does not feel any better. Um, the, the nerves are the same. It's just, I don't know, I wish I could. I wish they would go away because you've done it before, but it just hasn't happened yet. Today was uh, was a grind and just hung in there and um, just obviously advancing was the key. My goal every day is to shoot in the 60s, some form, some fashion. 300 days, really good. And obviously with it windy, the scores are still lower than I figured. But where I was driving it today, I'll take what I shot today. Oh, it's awesome. You get there and you get, you know, wheels on the ground and get to rolling. Um, I don't know if I'm in the prime. I doubt I am. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever, you know. Like, we'll just figure it out. I usually travel on Wednesdays anyway or on uh, Tuesdays anyway, so it'll be a normal week for me. All right, Harold Varner III. And, and as he's chatting me, Don was telling me that, uh, you know, I was talking about how he has this ability to connect and everyone calls him a great guy. That's a terminology they use. Whenever someone talks about Harold Varner III. And... I guess he was on a, what's a, what's a show called the Nickelodeon, the, the kid show, uh, Ryan's World, right? And this is the little yeah, boy it's, that it's called that, Ryan's World. My kids this, love it. Yeah, and, and this uh, is a little boy that rose to fame cool. because he because he was reviewing the toys on YouTube and got yes. millions and millions of followers, and now he has his own show. So, what's the connection with Harold Varner the Third? I do, I don't know, but <laughs> I was making breakfast over the weekend, and my kids were watching their like Saturday morning kid stuff. And I'm not really paying close attention. And all of a sudden, I hear them say something about golf. And I look over, and Andrew can take me full screen. And there is, he can't, there you go. Yeah. There's Harold Varner with the Nick Jr. And he's talking to this kid, Ryan, on the show. And they have a, I'll show you one more picture. They put him in like a little graphic (laughs) with the kid from Ryan's world. That's really cool. And they, they had him. Uh, basically, what it, again, connecting, growing the game. It was very cute. They were talking digitally, like on an iPhone call, and the little Ryan was throwing like a football at him through the screen, and then Harold would catch a football, like a little like squishy Nerf ball, put it down in a tee, and then hit the Nerf ball, like a Nerf football with his driver. And they're like hitting toys, and it was silly, but I was, it was the last thing I expected. I'm making pancakes on a Saturday, and I turn around. My kids are watching cartoons, and Harold Barner's like, I play golf. I'm a golfer. I'm like, what is happening? That's really cool. Golf is infiltrating every part of my life. So I can't of course, get away. And, of course, I'm thinking about, as from a production standpoint, now that we're doing the TV, is who threw him the football at the perfect timing so that when Ryan threw it on his end digitally, it came through on the other side. So uh, well done to that. As well, well done to PXG. Gen 4 clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that we've ever made. They're packed with new innovations, including 
the aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, hybrids, they all deliver incredible ball speed, distance, control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or 844-PLAY-PXG is the phone number, 844-PLAY-PXG. To learn more PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Okay, so another one of those players that continued the ascent, and he did it by going from 101st to 63rd, was Keith Mitchell, who finished tied for 8th at 13 under par. He was asked about his ability to come up clutch when he knew uh, he needed it, and what does that tell him about himself? In other words, what did he learn from the whole process of, of a slew of birdies at the end? Whether the pressure of trying to advance compares to coming down the stretch to win when he did win at the Honda, and whether he has sense of where he stood and what he needed to do when he stood on the 16th tee and then went birdie, birdie, birdie on those last three. We, we figured 13 was, I had a really good chance of getting in, and 12 would have to get lucky. So um, really, the, the tee shot, really, I got up and down from probably 65, 60 so yards on 15 after hitting a poor drive and bogeying 14. So I was pretty, um, pretty down on myself in, in the middle of 15 fairway. And to be standing here, getting up and down on 15 for par, and then burning the last three holes to play next week is, is, uh, I mean, it took a lot of, uh, I guess, just calming my nerves and trying to remember that, you know, this is it. I got three holes left to keep playing or I'm going home. And I just decided to stick with it. And, and, um, and really that putt on 18 was just sealed the deal. It's definitely comparable in in terms of the care level. It's you're because all we, the, I don't have a chance to play next week. Usually, there's always next week. There's always next week. Well, there is no next week if I don't bury those last three holes. So, it's very similar. I, I wish I was standing here holding a trophy and not being excited about finishing eighth after you know not playing great. Um, but just to finish that way, it, it's it's pretty similar. You know, I, I don't. I wish I knew the answer. It, I just love competing. I love playing golf. I love being out here, and I, I reminded myself uh, two days ago when I was playing in the second-to-last group with Justin Thomas. It's like these are the nerves that you want. These are the kind of moments that you practice and play for. So that's kind of the attitude I had this week, and coming down the stretch with three birdies is is the same kind of thing where you just really are just enjoying being out here, enjoying competing, and, and trying to do your best. I love hearing from the players. I, I love the, these cuts that John puts together for us because there literally isn't any other place in the world where you can go and hear from so many players in such depth and that gives you such context into what they're thinking. But seriously, what you just heard from, from, from Keith Mitchell, did not that make you more of a fan if you weren't already? To hear the way he was thinking and what he needed to do and... and the kind of the dissatisfaction in, in finishing eighth, which is great, but the satisfaction knowing that he's got another chance because of what he did and how he finished birdie in 16, 17, and 18. The comments that he made about dealing with the nerves and going, no, 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 this is exactly what you want. This is where you need to be and want to be. Talking about facing your fear. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's just amazing. Eric Van Royen finished seventh. He finished on the mark of 14 under par. He went from 76 to 45th. And for Eric Van Royen, he was asked about how important his win in Tahoe was to propel him to this level. Confidence, belief, performance that goes along with it. The significance of heading to the BMW then with all that confidence being such at a high. And asked to assess 
his day and the fact that he is moving on to the BMW Championship because of what he did. Uh, really happy to go to BMW, obviously. Um, you know, that was the goal. Um, but poor day. I mean, I hit it pretty bad, to be honest. And I was kind of feeling like I was fighting right the whole, ta the whole day. And then you snipe one left on 11, obviously a place you can't miss it, you know. So that's disappointing. Uh, I try to battle back after that and try and make some birdies, obviously knowing that I probably was out of it at that point for winning this tournament, but there's points on the line to move up, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I'm happy to be moving to BMW. Overall, my game's in great shape. It was great to be in the hunt this week, final group. Um, that's all positive, you know. Um, looking forward to putting myself in a position similar coming come this weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's massive. Um, anytime you're in that position and you close it out, you take a ton of confidence from it, no matter sort of what tournament it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm cruising and, and I'm pumped for, for the remainder of this, this week. <laughs> so. Eric Van Royen, they, there were some videos. Players put them out themselves, but then the tour uh, highlighted them through social media of what players did on their off day. And there was a great video out of Eric Van Royen playing his guitar. And I don't know if you guys remember, for those of you that have been with us for a while, Dom, do you recall when Eric Van Royen was on with us and we actually played him playing? It was electric guitar. He can absolutely rip. But do you remember how long ago that was? I don't, but it, it was not that long ago. It was relatively recent. The last, I want to say in the last six months, probably, he came on. It's amazing the, the, uh, the personality so many of these guys have. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things that we try and do is shine a light on on that because almost everybody on tour has got a really cool story, and Eric's is very a, a very cool story. Yeah, guy from South Africa that went to school in Minnesota and all the rest. Hey, Bridgestone has reinvented the golf ball: more power, more control, more feel, and more spin, featuring the all-new reactive urethane cover. Until now, you had to choose distance or spin. Spin or distance. Not anymore with Bridgestone's new re revolutionary reactive cover technology. Long out to BridgestoneGolf.com today. You can find the right golf ball for your game there. You will find more of the players, their thoughts, their reactions from those that are related with victory in the form of Tony Finau to those who came close in the form of Cameron Smith to those who didn't get it done in the final stretch and John Rahm. Yup, we have them all for you and more coming up. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit French Lick. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. 
I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, I made superior product, so I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Tuesday. So here is how the final leaderboard stacked up. Tony Finau and Cameron Smith went into that playoff. Of course, Tony Finau winning the playoff after Cameron Smith hit his drive OB. Uh, Smith finishing with a 67 in the final round. Finau, to his credit, finishing with a 65. John Rahm finished alone in third. Rahm had a 69 in the final round. Two shots back at 18 under par. He bogeyed both the 15th and the 18th holes. He ended up making par on 16 and 17. So two over in the final four was the difference between getting into that playoff or not. Tied for fourth at 15 under par. There were three players, Alex Noren, Justin Thomas, and Tom Hoagie. Seventh place alone, Eric Van Royen. Tied for eighth, scores of 13 under par. Kevin Na, Keith Mitchell, 
Corey Connors. That's a look at your top 10. Now, one of the names that you heard me mention there was Tom Hoagie. As we were talking about earlier in the show, he went from 108th to 48th with that tie for fourth at 15 under par. He was asked if the FedEx Cup playoffs pressure helped motivate him in that final round. And in that final round, he shot uh, 69. His scores were 69, 64, 67, and 69. So I think it'd be fair to, to ask that question in a broader uh, context of the entire tournament. He was asked what part of his game came together this week and helped him have success, whether he came in the week feeling like he could freewheel it a little bit, in, given the position that he was in, and his thoughts on advancing the BMW Championship. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I've been struggling coming in here for a few months. Uh, I haven't made any cuts, so it was nice to play four good days more than anything. But, uh, you know, I didn't even know what it would have taken this week coming in. Uh, I think it was 108th coming into the week, and I was just trying to play well. I wasn't thinking a whole lot of next week. And, uh, yeah, really excited for next week. Yeah, a little bit. And I I've, I've felt like I've been playing a little bit better here each week. Um, and I got here and felt like it was a good golf course for me. So felt pretty comfortable and started making a lot of putts. So that, that was a lot of fun. You know, I've been driving it well, which is why I felt like I had a chance here because it's a tough driving golf course. Um, my iron game still needs a little bit of work, but uh, I drove it well and putted well, and that's a pretty good combo here. Kind of the, the whole two days, really, you know, if we're going to play or not. Um, and I had no plans as far as what we're going to do after the round here, so uh, you got to go out and play well to make sure you're moving on. Um, and even with that being said, you know, we're trying to make it to next week, but ultimately make it to the East Lake for the Tour Championship. So that bogey kind of stung on 17 in the, in the bigger picture there, but, uh, but I feel satisfied, happy to be moving on next week. Alex Noren also finished in a tie for fourth on the mark of 15 under par. He was asked about how he feels about his position going into the BMW Championship versus, say, prior years, how much or whether he was following his FedEx Cup rankings as the round progressed, and the reaction to the fact that, yep, Alex Noren, you are moving on. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, projected 72nd going into today, and uh, the weather was so iffy, you know, so it's, um, I'm happy we got to play today. I, I honestly didn't think we were able to, but the course drained unreal. You know, it's, I've never seen a drier course after, I don't know how many inches of rain. Um, uh, and the greens played, I mean, softer, but they rolled, they rolled good, and, and uh I took advantage of it early and, and had, you know, a great round. I'm very, very uh, excited, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because, like, it's, you know, a little bit easier maybe the first few, and then you got some tough holes um, in, the, in the middle of the round, I think, uh, playing from, what, well, 9, 9, 10, 11 is not easy, but then you know part 5, 4, 13 is coming up, and 14 is not that long. Uh, so I, I kind of knew I had I wasn't gonna win, but um, I, I you know a good chance for a good finish, and that's all I try to do, you know, moving up to within uh, next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, last last year I was I think I was 53rd in 2018, 43rd. Um, so I've never been to um, Atlanta. So that would be huge. Yeah. Now, in the victory by Tony Finau, and you're going to hear a lot from Tony Finau here coming up. You're also going to hear from John Rahm. I'm going to hear Cameron Smith. We're not, we're not done with sound by any means. But I've got something special for you. Uh, Boyce Summerhays is Tony's coach. And it's rare that immediately in the wake of a victory that we get to hear from somebody from inside of his team. Because we all know 
how the swing of Tony Finau, although it looks really short, interesting, so does John Rahm, but it's really powerful. And he's got that extra gear that he can kick in from a physical side. But Boyd was asked about whether it was an emotional or, or, if, or mental, if you please, issue that Tony had to overcome in order to win. But more importantly, what was it like to watch your friend, Tony Finau? What was it like to watch your student, Tony Finau, break through and win for a second time on tour? It felt more, uh, I was more excited for him than any win I've, I've seen, you know. He, he's come so close for so long, and like you said, he's, we're tied as friends, we're, our families are tight, and he's had some agonizingly tough losses where he's played great and just was on the wrong end of it. And today, it was just his time. He's gotten better every year, and I think the losses have, have just made him have to get better, simply put. He, you could see his putts, his chips, those soft wedge shots. It rained so much in the last two days. For him to win on a course where the balls normally would be sucking back on him, he's just better than he's ever been. I, I couldn't be more proud. I, we just hugged each other on the green, told each other we loved each other, and that's about it. Because if we would have said more, then we both probably would have been crying. So, yeah, I'm just proud of him. I'm so happy for him, his wife, Elaine, his kids. I can just imagine Drace, what he's doing right now, jumping up and down, all the kids. So I'm just happy for Tony. That's it. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other way around it. I think you have to just say yes. I mean, if he doesn't get that up and down on 18, we know what would be said in the media, and rightfully so. You guys got to cover it, and it would have been a tough loss again, you know, but we the last hole and miss a putt where he hadn't missed anything all day. And, of course, this will be massive, massive for his confidence. Not the, just that he won, how he won, who he chased down who he beat on the golf course and, and what he did on the last hole, making that putt. And that 18th tee ball is tough, especially when you wait for 20 minutes to hit it. So on all levels, I'm just pumped for him. Right? Wasn't that cool? That's why we played you that sound from uh, Boyd Summerhays, obviously friend, but coach of Tony Fino. You're going to be hearing from Tony in a second. I think you guys should hear from Tour Edge as well. Log on to touredge.com, and you can check out their entire product line. Now, as you guys know, day in and day out, I like to focus on what I would consider highlights of their product line, but their product line is so huge, it literally has something for everyone, whether it's the box sets where everything you need is in that box. So maybe it's some one of your loved ones or, or a, yeah, a child or grandchild that you want to introduce again, whatever it is, it's all in that box. And for a long time, because of the surging popularity of the game of golf, it was hard to find Tour Edge's box sets, but they have more in stock now. But everything in their line is there to fill whatever you need in your game. Maybe it's a new wedge. Maybe it's a putter. They have obviously a zillion different models of putters, including their wingman putter. There is so much to see pound for pound. They are the best value in the game. They're asking you to go out and compare them to everybody else and make a decision for yourself based upon the merits of the performance of their products. And they back their products with a lifetime warranty. There's a lot of reasons to like Tour Edge, and I hope the reason you like them the best is because of the performance that they provide for you and your game. TourEdge.com. Still coming up in the show today as well, we're going to go over for you the final three picks for the Solheim Cup team for Team USA. It is now complete, so that still lies in store. Okay, for Cameron Smith, I'm going to jump ahead of John Rahm here, and I'm going to, I'm going to use John Rahm in the last segment alongside of Tony Finau because the world number one uh, is a compelling story. But for Cameron Smith to finish second, 20 under par, it is a playoff loss. He still has a winning record in playoffs. Uh, he was asked about what happened with the drive in that first playoff hole when it went 
out of bounds. He was asked uh, if he could kind of talk away what was the cumulative result of this week and that, again, it always comes down to the same thing. How do you judge not winning? And I'm phrasing it that way for a second, for, for a particular reason. How do you judge not winning? Is it, do you do it Ricky Bobby where, where you know, second place is the first loser? Do, do you do it from the perspective and say, no, I was knocking on the doors and you can't win unless you knock on the doors a lot. Some of which you're going to break through and some of which you're not going to break through. So Cameron Smith had, had a lot to talk about. It's a quick clip, but he had a lot to talk about afterwards. But all of it gives us an insight into his psyche. Um, my game's there. Um... And my my drivers cost me a few tournaments, I think, this year. And um, you know, a swing like that at a time like that just makes me even more determined to you know try and get one of these things done before the end of the year. I, I feel as though I'm playing you know the best golf of my career and um, haven't quite got it done yet. So something to look forward to at least. Oh, it's just a terrible swing, just a miss hit. Um, you know, in and off the left, and uh, yeah, the wind just got it. Um, you know, that's that's how it is. I mean, I've hit a few terrible drives this week and I've got away with a few and, um, you know, I didn't get away with that one. So it is what it is, mate. It is what it is, mate, as he, as he just said. So, John Rahm, in as much as Cameron Smith hit that OB shot, a tee shot on the playoff hole, I guess... There are questions that would be asked about what happened with John Rahm. Now, I happen to think with John Rahm, given the fact that he hadn't played to the start of last week, for 32 days competitively, I expected a lot of rust. He said it was there, but he saved it with a lot of up and downs, et cetera, et cetera. So overall, I think it would be fair to say that, yeah, he probably performed even better than most people thought he would. However... When you are world number one, and let me just give you, just to, to I, I have this the world ranking open in front of me. If you've ever, if you ever go into the, the world golf rankings and you look up a particular player, it has their recent finishes. And his, again, he's world number one, so I get it. But his are so impressive. And when you have someone of his stature that is leading or has a piece of the lead for three rounds coming in, I don't know. I, maybe, it, maybe it's a Tiger factor. We're programmed to think that they should always close. But where do you want me to go here? I'll go to the Masters tournament with him, too. I'll use the same standard that I, that I did with, with Patrick Reed earlier in the program. At the Masters, this was, this was last fall, tied for seventh. Century Tournament Champions, tied for seventh. Farmers Insurance Open, tied for seventh. Waste Management Open, tied for 13th. Genesis Invitational, tied for 5th. Workday Championship, the one they had at the concession, tied for 32nd. Players, tied for 9th. Dell Technologies Match Play, tied for 5th. The Masters in April, tied for 5th. Wells Fargo, miscut, get some rest. AT&T Byron Nelson, tied for 34th. PGA Championship, tied for 8th. Memorial, uh, he withdrew, you remember, because of the COVID. He was leading by six shots at the time. The U.S. Open won. The Aberdeen, uh, or the, the Aberdeen, the Scottish Open, the Aberdeen uh, Standard Investments, I think is the, is, the, is the full name of the company that sponsors now. But the Scottish Open, he finished seventh. The Open, he ended up finishing in a tie for third. And the Northern Trust, he just finished 
third. It is really hard to judge John Rahm harshly, even though he was two over in the closing four. So he was asked about what positives he can take away from the week that was heading to the BMW championship despite the loss. And he was asked how he would otherwise sum up the day that I just tried and failed to describe. I haven't been able to digest it. Uh, my son did put a smile on my face, so at least I'm not in, in a terrible mood. Uh, you know, it's just, I think it's going to be very easy to focus on maybe 15 on. Uh, but even though I was 400 through 14, I truly didn't make a putt all day. Not one. I, I did what I had to do to the green, and, you know, it could have been a lot better than what it was. I feel like I could have had a bigger lead, and uh, just that wasn't the case. Um, those putts in 9 and 10 really hurt the 1 and 10 I thought it was in. You know, they were good putts. The speed of the greens was a little different today, and I couldn't quite get to it. Um, and then, you know, 15, it's the one I keep going to. How do you miss one shot on that hole? I hit every single one of those five shots the way I wanted to, and that's the unfortunate part, you know, that that bunker, um, the windy and push the ball the way I thought, and I think that was the, the difference maker. Well, if anybody should be rested, it should be me. So, again, to my advantage in that sense, um, and I just haven't thought about it too much. And I've played great golf, and I've made... I've played only, what, four holes all week over par. And usually if I do that, I probably would have been a lot more under par. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just, it just hurts to think about it. Um, a little bit too much. It's the second time I'm in contention going to the back nine on this same course. And the same bunker and the same hole screws me over again. Uh, very similar tee shot. Different wind conditions, but very similar tee shot. And uh, that's the upsetting part, you know, uh, come up just short when I had a had a good chance. I don't know. Just And then 17 and 18, I didn't make my best swings. Uh, but like you said, you know, short turnaround. Got one more week next week to finish as high as possible in the FedEx Cup standings for Atlanta, which is the goal. Would you bet against John Rahm coming into the BMW Championship? This is a golf course that effectively none of them know. So all things being equal, so we don't know if it's a golf course for a particular player based upon their anybody's history there, now you have John Rahm, and this is the John Rahm that seems to respond very well when something happened the week before that, right or wrong, didn't work out the way that he wanted to. I don't know. It just, it, it'd be interesting to see. Dom, I don't know if the, if the odds are out there yet, but maybe when we come back from this break, we can take a look at that and see uh, where he stands relative to that as well. As I mentioned to you, the Solheim Cup team for the United States is complete. We're going to go through that list with you when we come back officially. You maybe have heard it through social media, what have you, not sure, but we're going to make sure that, that we have that. And you're going to hear from Tony Finau all coming up on the Fairways of Life show. This show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. We are incredibly proud to represent the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in America and they're number one for reason. And yes, it includes those big beautiful stores that they have spread out from coast to coast where you can find everything that you possibly could want for your golf game, whether you're talking about apparel, whether we're talking about footwear. I realize footwear is part of apparel, but uh, it's a very specified category nowadays with whatever your particular needs are. Maybe you need more art support. Maybe you want a little bit more grip in your shoe. Maybe you want a little bit more comfort because you walk in the golf course. You want to be able to go 18, 36 holes and more. Maybe you want it waterproof. Maybe you don't want it waterproof so that it breathes more if you live in a very hot climate like we do. 
down here in Florida, you have choices, and that is the theme throughout the entire store. A great place to get started is PGATourSuperstore.com, so you can see everything that they have on offer in the store there, or you can go, of course, at any time in person and check it out and be taken care of by the best in the game, PGATourSuperstore.com. Okay, right now, the best in the FedEx Cup standings is Tony Finau. You're going to hear from him after this. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw, sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Tuesday. Busy show so far today, a busy week, and it tends to be such when you have the PGA Tour wrap-up on a Monday, which was really cool. I don't know if you were able to see it. Unfortunately, my CBS affiliate at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon went to local news. It was fine for me because I was able to listen to it on PGA Tour radio, and they were awesome, so I enjoyed that. Uh, and then I was able to get back to it I don't know what time it was, Don, what time the, the playoffs started, but I actually, I, I tried it again, and they were back on it again uh, for, for the playoff at, like, whatever time. Well, I'm going to guess 
in the evening. Uh, so it was crazy. Were you able to see it the entire time, Dom, or did your CBS affiliate jump away as well? I don't know because I had to leave sort of in the middle of all of that because my son had his first tee, like, group lesson thing. Oh. So I missed about an hour and a half of the coverage I was following on my phone just on PGATour.com. Yeah. Uh, but when I got back, it was on CBS at my affiliate. So okay. I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> yeah, hope, it, hope that was the case for everybody everywhere that you guys got a chance to see it. But for those of us in Orlando, we didn't because they hopped away for a little while. All right, the European and the American Solheim Cup teams are now complete. It locked down officially at the end of the AIG Women's Open. And then yesterday, I think it came out officially right around 10 a.m. in the morning, Eastern time, that the three American picks were announced as well. If you're watching us on the television side, you can actually see the teams in their entirety on the screen so that you know on each side. This is from Amy Rogers, GolfChannel.com. Brittany Altamari among U.S. captains picks for Solheim Cup rosters. It's finalized. Angela Stamford has been responsible for keeping U.S. Solheim Cup captain Pat Hurst's little black book for the past seven months. Inside of it, the assistant captain kept information about any player that Hurst told her to track this season, including stats on their putting, how they finished in tournaments, and results of the behavioral tests that were administered to prospective players. Behavioral tests. On Sunday, the book came in handy at the AIG Women's Open, where Hurst needed to determine her three captain's picks. A day later, she officially announced those picks as Brittany Altamari, Amina uh, Haragai, and Yolemi No. They'll join nine automatic qualifiers for the team who were determined upon conclusion of the Women's Open. Captain Hurst also named Stacey Lewis as a third assistant captain, joining fellow assistant Stanford and Michelle Wee West. Quote, Angela had all of the notes on what behavior fit with what and what didn't work, Captain Hurst said. We went back to her black book quite a bit today and was kind of checking it out and making sure that we were doing the right thing, end quote. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, she continues, in an ordinary year, Altamari would have automatically qualified for the team at number eight in the U.S. Solheim Cup standings. However, due to the pandemic, only the top seven in the standings earned an automatic spot, which gave Hurst an additional pick. Altamari returns to the U.S. team following her first appearance in 2019 at Glen Eagles in Scotland, where she went 2-1-1 one, one in her debut. Altamari has three top tens in 2021 and finished tied for 42nd at the Women's Open last week. Harry and No will both be making their debuts for the Americans when they join the team at Inverness. Harry entered the final qualifying event 10th in points. She was in the midst of a career best season with four top tens. She closed out her major season with a tie for 13th at the Women's Open, where she held a share of the 36-hole lead. No arrived at Carnoustie, number 11 in the U.S. standings. The rookie has been a fixture in major championships this year and has finished inside of the top 15 in each of her last five starts. Uh, to that, Captain Hurst said, if you look at how they played the last month and a half, again, the writing was on the wall as to who the hottest players were coming into this event. In 2019, we had six rookies. So this time, I didn't really worry about if we had enough experience or not, or if we needed more experience on the team, because everyone's pretty much played. So with that being said, it made it a lot easier to pick those two, end quote. Captain Hurst will lead a veteran squad in hopes of winning back the cup at Inverness in two weeks. Nine players will return from the American side with just three rookies. It's a far cry from that 2019 
uh, team where the, in matches where that featured the six first-timers competing on European soil. European Solheim Cup captain uh, Katrina Matthew also made her captain's picks on Monday. Matthew named Leona McGuire, Madeline Sagstrom, Matilde Castron, Nana Kurtz-Matson, Mel Reed, and Celine Bautier. They'll join the six automatic qualifiers of the team who were named on Sunday. That from Amy Rogers. You can find it at golfchannel.com. So the Solheim Cup teams on both sides, Europe and in the United States, are complete and getting ready for the action, which the week of the Solheim Cup actually kicks off the last day at the end of this month. Okay, so been promising you it all show, Tony Finau. Easy guy to like, easy guy to be a fan of, though there were questions asked about where he stood and, and how and why he was in the position that he was in. You heard me open the show with some of this data, and I just want to read it to you again because it's pertinent to Tony Finau and his win. Uh, he's now number one in FedEx Cup points uh, on account of being thrust to the top of it. In the official World Golf rankings, he's currently ninth. Career PGA Tour starts 189. This was his second win on tour. The career PGA Tour top 10s, 47. 47 in 189 starts. It tells you of the potential of Tony Finau. Everybody knew it. We just didn't know whether he was going to be able to close again. PGA Tour starts in this season, 25. Obviously, he has one win amongst them. Top 10s, 25 starts. He has eight top 10s, including that victory. Starts at Northern Trust. He had seven. This is his first win. Top 10s in Northern Trust. Two other times, as you might expect. And FedEx Cup playoff wins. This was his first. Uh, before I go to more sound and more stats with Tony Fino, I did want to jump back to Dom and ask about the odds because, again, I promised you that in the last segment we were talking about John Rahm, et cetera. So, golfoddstracker.com. Dom, where are we looking at in terms of John Rahm? I'm assuming that he's number one in the bookies' minds right now. He sure is. Right now, he's about 6.7 to 1. And there's a very big gap between him and everybody else. I'll just give you a couple of the next. It's a pretty big bunch of people who are sort of in the range of 16 to 18 to 1. Uh, Xander Shoffley right now is about 16.12 to 1. Justin Thomas is about 17.3 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 17.8 to 1. Colin Morikawa is about 19.1 to 1. Uh, Dustin Johnson's an even 20 to 1. So you've got John Rahm and then you've got everybody else. <laughs> Basically uh, and where, where, right where did you mention Tony Finau? I did not. Finau, uh, right now, I'm gonna, I have to scroll down to find Finau. Finau is that's interesting. About twenty four point seven five to one right now. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That seems like it'd be a pretty good bet to me as well. Now, in terms of playoff notes. It's pretty interesting what's going on in the PGA Tour, and it's not just the PGA Tour. It kind of speaks to, to how tough it is to win in the world of golf everywhere in the world. But it was the third consecutive week on tour with the playoff. That was the first time that they had three straight since 2019 when it was the RSM Classic, the 2020 Century Tournament of Champions, and the 2020 Sony Open in Hawaii. The, it was the 13th playoff of the PGA Tour season. Let that settle for a second. Uh, uh, Tony Finau went two and three in playoffs. Uh, Cameron Smith went three and one in playoffs. And I mentioned that because earlier in the show, I told you that Cameron Smith had a winning record. That actually is what the record is, three and one. Uh, Tropical Storm Henri, the final round was moved to Monday, as you know, on account of the storm coming through. The last 
unscheduled money Monday finish on the PGA Tour was the 2019 Zozo Championship. The last time fans were not allowed to attend as they were not yesterday, a tournament round for reason other than COVID-19 restrictions was the Saturday of the 2019 Zozo Championship. Uh, just some additional player notes because I want to run through these before we get to Tony Finau and, and give him his due to let you guys hear him. Uh, in extended on the Fairways of Life show post-victory. 14 consecutive PGA Tour events have been won by players that trailed after each of the first three rounds. 14 consecutive PGA Tour events. Again, isn't that a fascinating stat? The last player to lead after any round and go on to win was none other than Phil Mickelson at the 2021 PGA Championship. He was tied for first after the second round. He was first place uh, after the first and third rounds. Uh, Cameron Smith, who carded a career low in course record setting 60 in the third round, he fell in that playoff to Tony Finau. He earned his second runner-up finish of the season, his first since the 2020 Masters Tournament. Smith enters the BMW Championship at a career-high number three in the FedEx Cup points standings. World number one John Rahm, uh, who finished third, again, officially, plays the final four holes and two over to miss the playoff by two strokes. Rom held at least a share of the lead after each of the first three rounds. Keith Mitchell, who entered the week 101 in FedEx Cup standings, he made birdie on each of his final three holes and finished tied for eighth. He moved to number 63 in the FedEx Cup standings. He qualified for the BMW Championship. Only player to birdie 16, 17, and 18 in the final round. This is Mitchell's third appearance at the penultimate FedEx Cup playoffs event in four seasons on tour. Pretty good record. Harold Varner III, who went from 72nd to 56th in the FedEx Cup standings, moves inside the cut line uh, for the following FedEx Cup playoffs event for the third time at the Northern Trust. He did it in 2017, 2019, and now in 2021. The only other player to do so three or more times is Camila Vijegas, who did it back in 2011, 2013, and in 2015. So from there, we turn our focus to Tony Finau. He was asked whether he felt some of the criticism he received during his winless drought was a bit unfair. He was asked whether he felt like he needed to do something like this in order to make the Ryder Cup team. What was the toughest loss for him during those five years in which he didn't close but knocked on the door often? How much of a burden was it to always be asked about it uh, when his next win would come after all those close calls when he was addressing the media or otherwise? What it was like watching Cam Smith finishing up in regulation, how it feels to take over the number one position in the FedEx Cup playoffs, and how it feels to finally add a second victory to his resume. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely special. Um, you know, it's, it seems like I was a totally different player in 2016 than I am now. So there's a lot of good things, I think, that have transpired. Um, you know, I've worked my tail off to put myself in this position again. And um, it's really nice to have, you know, I, I turned in my, my lowest nine on the back nine today. And it's going to give me a lot of confidence moving forward uh, in contention. So that was the goal on the day was to get to 20 under and we thought that was going to have a legitimate chance to win the golf tournament and, um, you know, 21 under would have done it outright, but um, I was able to hit some clutch shots in the playoff and, and win the tournament. So this is uh, extremely special and um, I'm excited to be a champion again on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. I've never been in this situation. You know, I had a, I had a chance in 2018. I played great in the playoffs and I know I was, I think, in the top five going into the Tour Championship. So I had a chance to win the FedEx Cup then, but this is obviously going to, you know, uh, be my best position going into the BMW and then onto the tour championship. So I'm excited about that opportunity. And, um, you know, I've never played that golf course next week. So 
we're you know we're back at work uh, tomorrow and um, you know to to try and get ourselves in position to win another golf tournament at the BMW and then on to the Tour Championship from there. But um, it's exciting to be in this position and uh, I've played great all season. You know, no W throughout the season, but um, in the playoffs, this is you know this is what makes the playoffs. You know, immense pressure and um, a lot of things riding on on this you know these three events. And I'm happy to win this first one. Yeah, well, I, I was just, you know, I obviously was just hoping to get in a playoff. When he hit a great drive and hit a great second shot, you know, I, I was there by the green. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to explain. I don't want to cheer against somebody, but I would have just, I just loved, you know, for me to have another chance to go up 18. Um, and, you know, he just left the putt a little bit short. So I knew in the playoff I was going to have a chance, but I, I was playing great, you know, and I, I tried not to get too far ahead of myself. I thought that putt on 18 was huge for me. And just my confidence, you know, I got, it was a big up and down. I knew what it was going to be for. Worst case scenario for me, you know, a playoff. And and so I hit some really clutch shots uh, when I needed to. And I think it's going to be um, a huge for my confidence moving forward. You know, I've, I've played really nicely in, in big tournaments. Um, but to turn in a 30 on the back nine of, um, of a playoff event, you know, playing, trying to chase down the best player in the world. I mean, those are all things that will go in the memory bank. And, and hopefully, you know, I'll continue with the success moving forward. You know, I, I continue to believe in myself. You know, that's the bottom line. You know, this is, it's, it's more massive, I think, for um, just, you know, my sense of accomplishment for myself. I've worked extremely hard, not only on my game, on my body, um, to put myself in these types of positions. Um, and I, eventually I knew it was going to happen. You know, it's, it's hard losing, you know, and it's hard losing in front of the world. I've done it, you know, already a couple times this year in playoffs. You know, it's happened to me. So, um, that made me more hungry. That's what it does. You know, if it doesn't discourage you, it makes you more hungry. You guys keep telling me when are you going to win again? It makes me more hungry. So um, it's all equaled up to now. You know, this has been the time for me to win again, and and you know, I I hope I don't have to wait another five years for the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say the toughest loss I had was against Webb at the uh, 2020 Waste Management. Um, is it 2020? Yeah, 2020 Waste Management. I would say that was the toughest one. Just because I had played so beautifully all week. I had that lead with a couple holes to go, and he birdied the last couple, birdied the playoff hole. And then only a few weeks later, we have COVID, and I kind of had to sit and think about that loss. So don't, for that specific reason, that one was the toughest on me throughout COVID, thinking about what I could have done different and, you know, I, I, should I have closed and all those different things. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, I have an extreme belief in myself, and I have to. You know, I, it's... If this game's hard as it is, these guys are so good as it is. If you can't believe you can beat them, man, it's it's just an uphill battle. And I've I just continue to believe. I, I believe in myself. I believe in my team. You know, and I haven't had the wins to maybe have that type of confidence and belief. But you just have to. I have to believe I can. You know, I can go out there and beat JT today, and I can beat John Rom. You know, I have to believe that, and and I did, and and I continue to do that, and. That's the only reason why I'm, you know, I'm sitting here today as a champion. I, I continue to believe in myself, no matter where the chips fall, and, and try and do my best. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, starting the year, and and just every week that has gone by, you know, I for me, my case is that I have to win. You know, I, I put that in the back of my head, and I told myself, if you didn't win, you're not going to make the team. Um, and so we're coming down to the nitty gritty. Um, although I've always been, um, you know, high in the rankings. And, and things, I've wanted this validation more, I think, for myself um, to be a part of a team like that as a winner this season and playing good golf going into the Ryder Cup. So, um, you know, I'm, 
I don't know how high I jumped in the rankings, but I've got a great chance to make the team on points, and I'm, I'm proud of that with this win. Yeah, no question. You know, I think uh, a little bit of it. But, uh, you know, that's how it is in sports. When you don't, when you don't seal the deal and, you know, uh, as time goes on, you know, they don't, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. So I knew, um, for me, I just I need to prove people wrong by winning. That's the, that's the bottom line, and that's what sports is all about. But, you know, I knew that I was a closer. You know, the way that I play on Sundays tell me that I'm, you know, I'm a closer. And, you know, when I look at my scores, um, I've, I've made clutch putts. You know, it just sometimes this game is funny. You know, the guys, you know, get away with shots or whatever the case. I feel like, um, you know, I've, I've got the short end of the stick for the most part coming down the stretch and having a chance to win a golf tournament. This time, um, I was able to, you know, I was able to capitalize when I needed to and, and, and I got the breaks when I needed them. And, and so I ended up on top this time. Um, but as far as, um, you know, a little bit of unfairness, I feel like for sure when it comes to looking at my record because I've, um, I've played really nicely on Sunday for the most part. Um, we don't have to look too far from when, you know, other than my last playoff. You know, that's, I played, I shot 64 at Riviera. Um, I mean, say what you want, but that's, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a pretty pretty good player to me and a closer to me, you know, when you're in contention shooting 64 on a golf course like that. So um, I've had a lot of great rounds on Sunday. It's nice to have this one and, and be able to capitalize on it with a W. Very cool from Tony Fino. Really neat to be able to hear him speak like that. Now, uh, bear in mind, everything that you get in the Fairways of Life show, whether it's the show that is complete, that is always available on demand, uh, our primary distribution, as you guys know right now, is through Facebook because we're doing huge numbers there. Literally millions of people are being reached with the, the program. But then we take the, the content and we chop it up into bite-sized morsels for you, which includes our Golf and 60, which is on multiple social media platforms, and all of our interviews and a clip like that. We're going we're gonna to post that so you guys can find it. Uh, everything is also on YouTube and so you can, all I'm letting you know is you can find it all these different ways. We would ask that you follow us or subscribe, depending on what the vernacular is for the particular uh, social media platform on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, so that we can stay connected with you and you, you can see what we're doing and where we're doing it. Now, part of that is with this announcement about the Solheim Cup teams being complete in Europe and in the United States, I'll just give you a little bit of a teaser and tell you that we will have members of those respective teams joining us in the days that lie ahead. That much of a tease. And then, and then I think you'll be amazed. Uh, and I think I always say the same thing. If you're not already a fan of these individuals, wait till you get the chance to meet them in the context of when they're really pumped up representing their continent, representing their country. Thank you so much for your company on this Tuesday. Hope you guys have a great day, a safe day. We're looking forward to your company again tomorrow. Uh, hoping the best for Patrick Reed with the double pneumonia and his continuing uh, recovery from that. And any news that comes up as we continue on down the path, we will share with you. Bye for now.